Welcome to the One Crossing Podcast. Here you can find past sermons along with other exclusive content. Our prayer is that God will move in your life even when you are on the go. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, Crossing Church. How are you doing this fine day? You doing good? Good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to be with the people of the Lord. That's always good. So thankful for everyone that's joining us all of our locations all around uh, this region. And if you're online, we're so thankful for you, especially thankful for those uh, that because of this virus, you're incapable of getting out. It's so good to be able to connect with you and understand that we are praying for you, that our hearts are reaching out to you. Eventually, uh, we'll all be together again. But in until that time, once you know that we're just praying for your encouragement as well. And speaking of encouragement, I am so thankful for so many of you that have been so generous financially, helping us through this time, uh, allowing us to continue to do the ministry that we're doing. We just want to thank you for that. Uh, we feel like we're doing a very important ministry in all of this region uh, for the Lord Jesus, and uh, you're sustaining and enabling us. And we just want to thank you so much for that. We're in a series called The Cure. And I have this rare privilege of being able to preach through the book of Ephesians in a single sermon. Now, when I think about the best books of the New Testament, I would say that Ephesians and Romans would be at the top of the list. But Ephesians is a much smaller book than the book of Romans. And so it is, it is just like all of this powerhouse of ideas and thoughts that are just compressed into this tiny book that was part of an incredibly powerful church. And so I'm really excited to be able to share that uh, with you today, because I think you're gonna glean some stuff out of the book along with me uh, that'll just uh, work an incredible work inside of your life. So I wanna start by this. I wanna ask you a question. How many of you have a mental if-only list? You know, you have that list inside your head and it always begins with if only, like if I only had this, then, then it would make me happy. And then I would be fulfilled. It may only be a list of one thing. I mean, it just maybe if I just need that one thing, if I could only find a wife, if I could only have a different husband than the one that I have right now, if I could only get that job or that promotion, if they would only come up with a vaccine for this terrible disease, if we could only get back to normal, if, if only the world would just quit acting so crazy. There's so many things that we might put on that if only list. I mean, one that a lot of us would put on is like, if I could only feel 10 years younger, or 20 years younger, if I only didn't have these aches and pains that come up every, like every day is like a Christmas in a bad way. You know, I'm opening up a, a new present of bad things, right? And I've watched this commercial, it's a lady, and, uh, and she's saying, what if I told you that if you use this product, it wouldn't take years off your life, it would take decades off of your age. I'm like, sign me up, right? Like, I mean, can you eat it? Can you, what, what can you, I, I, I want a lot of that. Like the idea of taking decades off of aging. I know that isn't real, but come on now. I bet you have a list. What if I told you, <laughs> that's the way the lady starts the commercial. What if I told you? What if I told you that everything you could ever want or ever hope for that was truly good for your life 
you already possess it? What if I told you it was already yours? Because that is the theme of the book of Ephesians. That's a great theme, isn't it? That's an optimistic theme. Many of the letters that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church that we find in the New Testament are really about this concept of Christ being in you. As a matter of fact, you can read in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, those exact words. And this is what it says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his ministry, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The idea of having Jesus Christ inside of our hearts and lives, that's really an awesome thought. And we've seen at the crossing thousands and thousands of people come to that realization and then make the decision here at the crossing to make Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of their lives, to have an intimate personal relationship with Him. And I praise God for every one of those decisions. But what happens after that? What happens after Christ is in you? The answer is getting you in Christ. And wouldn't you agree with me that just because Christ is in you, that doesn't mean that you're living in Him. Just because He's living in you isn't an automatic that you're living in Him. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing, ready, in Christ. In Christ. The reason he wrote that verse was to get you understanding and living in a new reality. And the truth is, you and I, we're just really, really bad at it. We're really bad at living in the reality that God has designed for us to live in. And that's really a sad thing because if we could just get a hold of this understanding and make it our own, if we started living in that way, our list of if onlys would be empty and our hearts and our lives would be full. And just because you may know your Bible, just because you may have committed a lot of scripture to memory or you've spent a lot of time in study, it does not mean at all that you have this idea down. I tell you what, God has been convicting me of that over these last four months. Because I have days where I feel like I'm really on top of things, and then I have days where everything is on top of me. Like spiritually or emotionally, I, I guess the way I would describe it would be like a roller coaster. How many of you have experienced that as well? Yeah, I'm experiencing, you're, I mean, we're connecting here, right? And I'll tell you why that is. When my worldly stuff gets messed up, I get messed up. And that's a shame because so much of how I feel and how I respond has to do with my worldly stuff. And it only reminds me how far I have to go to actually possess this idea of what it means to live in Christ as opposed to living a different way. So I need this sermon. I do. I need this sermon today for me. And I'm just glad you guys get to tag along.
Because I'm the person that really needs to change. I'm the person that really needs to make an adjustment. And if you're there with me, let's just all do it together. So how do I do this? And by the way, how, how do you do it? Well, it begins with understanding your spiritual reality. Now, that, that's a, that sounds almost metaphysical. Oh, what do I mean by spiritual reality? Go back to that same scripture. We're going to go there three times. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. What tense is that in, all you English majors? It's in the past, right? It's in the past, which means what? That it's, all, it's already present reality. It is present reality. It's already happened. He has blessed us. And then it says, in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. How many spiritual blessings? So are there some spiritual blessings you have to wait for? Because what does every mean? Well, it means all of them, right? So that means that God has blessed you with every possible spiritual blessing in the past tense. He's already done it. And you're going, wait a minute, how can that be true? Because that's not, that's not how you would define my life. Well, maybe you need to concentrate on these, this one little phrase inside there. It says, bless us in the heavenly realms. Do you see that term, heavenly realms? We think that when we read that, I think a lot of us think, well, that means when I go to heaven, when I die. Like none of this stuff is real now, but it'll be real when I go to heaven after I die. But a closer look at the book of Ephesians will actually tell you something different, that we are misinterpreting that scripture. Because Ephesians will show you that it's not talking about sometime in the future, it's talking about right now. And a better word, maybe, to translate the word heavenly would be the word spiritual, in the spiritual realms. Now, to begin to understand this, you need to understand that there is a spiritual realm around you right now. You're in it, but you can't understand it, you can't perceive it, you can't see it, but there is a spiritual reality around you right now. The reason that it's hard to perceive is because we are such lower story people. We're all about our earthly stuff, right? So we, we, we struggle in, in the ability to be able to see it. It's kind of like a muscle that you never use. The spiritual realm is all around us. It's influencing us. It's affecting us as it surrounds us. And the one thing you need to understand about the spiritual realm is that there's good in it and bad in it. Now, the reason we know there's bad in the spiritual realm is because of Ephesians chapter 6. A little later on, it's going to say that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers, spiritual forces of wickedness in spiritual realms. So this spiritual reality around us is something that we have a hard time, you know, understanding or perceiving, right? So there's good and bad in this realm, but to be in Christ, okay, to possess this, to be in Christ is to learn how to live inside this realm. So I want us to break it down together, okay? One more time, Ephesians 1, 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us 
in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Let's just start right there. Every spiritual blessing in Christ is here right now. Everything for eternity is here right now. What does that mean? It means that everything that God has for you or wants for you is there, and it's there right now, and you have access to it right now. You have power, wealth, wisdom, strength, knowledge, glory, honor, and blessing right now. All of the things that the angels ascribe to God Almighty, God has ascribed to you because you are his child right now. You don't realize it because you're not living there. You're not living in the spiritual realm. You're living in the physical, in the temporary one, right? Let's break it down even further. What kind of blessings are we talking about? Ephesians 1, verse 4 through verse 12. For he chose us. How many of you like being chosen? Like first instead of last for dodgeball. Like, right? Okay. Before the creation of the world to be holy. How do you like it? that God Almighty would call you that. He would call you holy and blameless. How many of you like the idea of God thinking of you as blameless? Because you are blameless in his sight, it says. In love, and I love the fact that he's motivated by love, he predestined us. That means he had a plan for us before he ever let us in on the plan. He predestined us for what? For adoption. Adoption to sonship and daughtership through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure. I love this because he said he did it because he just loved to do it. It just made him feel great. His pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely. How many of you like free? We all like free, right? Given us in the one he loves. And in him, we have redemption to be bought back. How beautiful is that? Through his blood and the forgiveness of sins. We all like that, don't we? In accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished upon us. You know the word lavished is a pretty powerful word, right? Lavished is mean when, it means when things go overboard, when it gets just obscene, like it's just way too much, like oh, oh, way over the top. And that's what Paul is saying, that he lavished these blessings on us with all wisdom. I bet... I bet there has been a long time since anybody said, you know what? You have all the wisdom in the world. I bet people have said other things to you, but not that. And understanding, you have all the understanding. There is. Like the understanding of God. You have the wisdom of God. Nobody's saying that. Nobody's accusing you of that, except God here in this verses of scripture. He has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when times reach their fulfillment to bring unity, check this out, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. How many of you would like that right now to bring all the unity together? I mean, think about our world today. Everything in earth and heaven together in unity under Christ. In him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything. Check this out. God's going to work out everything. It's all going to work out in a, a conformity to the purpose of his will. In order that we, who were first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. Well, that is hopeful, isn't it? See why I love the book of Ephesians? 
It's so positive. It's so encouraging. If you were watching the news today or yesterday, how many bad news stories were there? Do you know the news story that you didn't hear? Let me just tell you a news story that you didn't hear. We had the fewest deaths from COVID-19 since March 23rd, yesterday. But nobody told you that. You'd have to watch all the numbers to know that. It was like 246. It's like the lowest number since like it began all the way back. Like there's only like five or six days before that, that they were even counting deaths. I mean, how good a news is that? But they don't want you to know that. They want you to know everything that's bad in the world, right? And that's what we tell ourselves all the time. We're always telling ourselves what's bad in the world. You see, you say you're weak and you're poor and you're ignorant, and you're ugly and you're unloved and you're marginalized and whatever else, right? No, you're not. No, you're not. You just think that this temporary world is more important and substantial than the eternal world. And it's time for you to live in the realm that was made for you, the spiritual realm. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. So we're going to go beyond all the blessings we have in Christ. We're going to talk about identity. Listen, and God raised us up with Christ and raised us up. What, what tense is that? English, right? Past. And seated us, what tense is that? Past. With him in the heavenly realms, there's that term again, in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. I'm going to read it all through again. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We not only have a whole set of blessings to embrace, we also have a new identity to embrace. And that is significant, okay? especially in this world right now. That is hugely significant. Now there's one word here that is a really key word to understand this verse, and it's the word seated. Now you all know who God is, right? He is the sovereign of the universe. He is the one and only God. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Ancient of days. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that heaven and earth flees from his presence because he's so powerful. And what does it say about you? It says you are seated with him. Now that's pretty crazy because as a God like that, how would you approach a God like that seated on his throne? And you're saying, huh, I would kneel. Some of you go, oh no, I wouldn't kneel. I would get down on my face. I would prostrate myself. Some of you are saying, I would not only do that, I would grovel. You would say that, right? Because you're in the presence of a greatness beyond your ability to understand. But God says, you are seated with him. Now you can't even do that with royalty on earth. If, if you have an audience with royalty on earth, there's a certain way that you have to approach and a certain way that you have to act. But the last thing that you ever get to do is to be seated with royalty, unless you are part of the royal family. And if you're part of the royal family, well, then there's a throne for you too. <laughs> you see, in the spiritual realm, that's who you are. That's your identity. You're in Christ. 
In Christ, you're part of the royal family. You're adopted into his family. He considers you a son or a daughter. And he, he says, in the past, as far as he is concerned, you are seated with him in the heavenly realms. Now, everybody's all into identity. Come on. Right now, everybody's into identity, right? You hear people talking about the virus. They're going, it's the Chinese virus. Why? Because that's where it came from. You know why? Because country is identity. True? Some people emblazon signs that say black lives matter. You know why? Because skin color is identity. Some people fly rainbow flags and they march in gay pride parades. Why? Because sexual orientation is identity. Some people tout their financial success with their homes or their possessions. Why? Because money is identity. Let me tell you something about all those things and so many others. They're all lower story. Those are all lower story identities because all of it is temporary. All of it. Do you honestly think that there's going to be a rich section and a poor section in heaven? Do you think there's going to be good neighborhoods and bad neighborhoods in glory? Really? Do you think that there's going to be the Italian neighborhood and the black neighborhood and the Asian neighborhood in heaven? You think there's going to be black and white in heaven? You think there's going to be gay and straight? You think there's going to be Chinese and American in heaven? In Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, listen to what it says. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation and tribe and people and language standing before the throne and before the land. You're going, see, see, they are in heaven. It says, it says it right there. It says all these tribes and languages and peoples and nations, right? No, you missed the most important word. And that's the word from. That's what you used to be. But you're not that anymore because you're in heaven now. Right? The Bible says we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. So you're going to be like Jesus Christ. The Bible says eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor does it even enter into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. The Bible says we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. The Bible says that corruptible will put on incorruptibility, that perishable would be putting on imperishability. What I'm saying is you're going to be different in heaven. So if you're putting all of the value of your life in your temporary identity, you're putting it in the wrong place because your identity is in Jesus Christ. You are a Christ follower. You're part of his family. And that is who you are. The reason that you don't see that is because you're letting Christ be in you, but you're not living in Christ. You're in the temporary world. You have a new identity. You have all these blessings. You have a new identity. Ephesians 3.10. Let's keep on in the spiritual realms. His intent was that now through the church, through the church, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. You are together as a church, you are a testimony to the wisdom of God, to all that exist in the spiritual realms, angels and demons and archangels and Satan, all of the spiritual forces that you and I don't really understand 
as a church, you are a testimony to the greatness of the wisdom of God. And here it is, you're a family. We're a family. We have a family to share in, a spiritual family, an eternal family. In Christ, we have a family. And that's the church, the church is your family. When we realize that all those other things that we identify ourselves with are only part of the lower story, then we can embrace the upper story and the family that goes with that upper story. You know, Jesus taught that. He taught that in the book of Matthew chapter 12, verses 46 to 50. This is what it says. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak with him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. And he replied to them, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And he pointed to his disciples and said, here are my mother and brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother, sister, and mother. He's talking about being in Christ. You know, that's powerful. Now, some of you are getting a little freaked out there because you're going, well, wait a minute, I'm supposed to, I mean, I'm supposed to have like a special relationship with my earthly family. I'm not going to dispute that, but this is why it's so important that you get your earthly family into your heavenly family. Do you have someone that you know in your family that's outside of Christ? And what are you doing to get them into your heavenly family? And we can't understand the wisdom of God until we understand it together. Because God made us all part, different pieces and parts of one body. So we discover the wisdom of God when we're together in family. family and each one of us plays a part of his creative wisdom. And we prove the power of his divine plan to whoever might try to destroy it in the spiritual realm. We were made for family and we were not made to do life alone. Now, a lot of us are thankful for our worldly family. Some of us aren't. Some of us are maybe a little ashamed, at least of some people, you know, those people in our family. But even the best families, listen, even the best families have issues, right? They have skeletons in their closet or skeletons on the front page of the paper, but they have skeletons. And we all know that families are not perfect, but God is going to make his family absolutely perfect and you get to be a part of it. And that's part of what it means to be in Christ is to know that. And you know what it's time to do? It's time to live in the realm that was made for you. Whether it's blessings, whether it's identity, whether it's family, it is time to live in the realm that was made for you. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and verse 12 says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. For our struggle, I'll tell you what, our world needs to know this right now. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Boy, if we would just get that one down. Because everything we're doing right now is all about the temporary world. It's all about flesh and blood. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We have a battle to fight. God knows we have a battle to fight. Because the spiritual realm is a realm with both good and evil in it. And let me tell you something, the evil is out there to get you. Now, I wonder how many of you are into conspiracy theory. You know, there's been a whole lot of conspiracy theory go on about this virus, you know. 
Like what was really going on? Like what happened? We've all watched a lot of sci-fi. We've watched, you know, we've watched a lot of movies and we think, oh, there's a, there's a conspiracy going on here. There's gotta be. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna share with you the granddaddy of all conspiracy theories, except for this. It is not a theory. It's a fact. It's the truth. There are evil spiritual forces in spiritual places right now around you that are doing whatever they can to keep you away from your spiritual blessings, to keep you ignorant of your spiritual identity, and to keep you disconnected from your spiritual family. But God knows that. And that is why he has given you everything you need to be victorious in this battle. When you read on in Ephesians 6, it talks about the armor of God. It talks about the shield of faith. It talks about the sword of the Spirit, where you're able to extinguish all the fiery arrows of the evil one, Satan. Now, Satan, he wants you to believe that you're cursed when you're actually blessed. Let me tell you something about him. He's a liar. He wants you to believe that you're nobody special, that all these worldly things are what defines who you are. He is a liar. He wants you to believe that you're alone, that nobody knows you, that nobody cares about you. He wants to isolate you. And by the way, he's done a pretty good job of isolating and distancing us and keeping us from assembling and singing praises and learning and hugging and encouraging. But make no mistake, he's a liar. And I know right now, I know it, I, I feel it myself, that it feels like Pandora's box has been opened, that evil's winning, that the future's dark, that hope is being snuffed out, that people are getting sick and they're dying, and you could hurt people without even realizing it. It seems like it'll never, ever go away, and there'll never be an answer. But let me tell you something. Jesus is the answer because Jesus is the cure. He's the way. Jesus is the way. He's the way through all of this. He's the truth. He's the truth in the midst of all of this. He is the life. He is the life that will cure this. He will lead us to the Father at the end of all of this. Christ, if he is in you, then you need to be in him. If he's in you, be in Christ. And I want to encourage you, wherever you are today, whatever moment you're in at right now, make sure that Christ is in you and that you are in Christ. We're moving to a time of decision. Thank you for joining us. A special thank you to those of you that choose to give to this ministry. It's because of your generosity that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit thecrossing.net forward slash podcast for more information. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, tagging One Crossing on social media. Thank you so much for listening.